Hello and welcome to episode three of the podcast. Oh my God, what an experience episode one and two had been. Uh, Diana, we had Diana in uh, last episode and it was absolutely fantastic. My DMs have blown up with what handy information that was. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. Um, and the chat with Hayden was also awesome as well. Um, but this week we got one of my all-time favorite, one of my all-time favorite friends in the studio. We have Ra Newcomb. Uh, if you'd like a little bit of visual stuff, look on our YouTube. Ra and I play a little game before the podcast, which you won't get here unfortunately because it just won't be great listening. Um, so you can go on my YouTube, check out Toddcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, but this podcast is absolute dozy. We talk about Ra, um, Ra's pregnancy. We talk about his life. We talk about his coaching business. We talk about so much. It's absolutely a fantastic episode. So buckle in, enjoy the show. Don't forget, give us a little subscription. Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Before a podcast, say how many times can you say Joe Rogan? <laughs> Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. Well, uh, welcome back, guys. We got Ra Newcomb on board. And if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, or Wooshka, um, and, and Stitcher, I've got one Stitcher listener. Ooh. Um, and I know who that is. She said, can you please put it on Stitcher? So I did an effort to put it is on Stitcher. Is that your mum, Todd? No, it's not. It's actually Turbo's <laughs> missus. Uh, shout out to Linda, uh, if you're listening on Stitcher. And Todd's mum. And, and my mum. <laughs> shout out to my mum. My mum's a Stitcher. <laughs> she's a Stitcher kind of. She's a legend. She's a Stitcher kind of lady. But... Um, if you are listening to the podcast and you wanted to see the start of the podcast, uh, Rara and I played a game of Flip Cup. Some good, some good viewing. Uh, we won't tell you who won. You're gonna have to watch it. Um, but if you if you are watching this on YouTube, you're probably going stop talking about something that I just watched. So we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get right on it, right into it. Now I thought I'd bring some beers in. We kind of talked about them before, but uh, as a guest, Rara, you can choose which one we go first. We got the uh, Kaiju beer, the Main Squeeze, Passion Guava Session Ale. Well. Um, Sorry, mate. Oh, we've got the uh, Feral Brewing Co., the Biggie Juice. Well, considering uh, you're one of my main squeezers, let's <laughs> go with the old green and pink just for everyone at home as well. Mate, open open this up closer to the mic. Let's get a little Ooh. bit of sound effects in there. Oh, Ooh. heck wow, was that? For 6 a.m. in the morning, this is not what I normally <laughs> do. Cheers, mate. Thanks for coming on to the podcast, Ryan Newcomb. No worries, my man. Oh, that's not bad. I like that. I can really taste the passion fruit in that. It definitely tastes like a melted, uh, what do you call them? What are those long uh, icy poly things that you have at, at the pool? What are they called? Oh. <laughs> super duper. Calippo. 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 No, a super duper is in the, in the clear plastic. The Calippo is in the cardboard. Yeah, Calippos are like, yeah, Calippo. they're, pimping, they're, they're, pimping, they're pimping ice, ice yeah. blocks, aren't they? Oh, Wait, yeah. Super duper is where your mum wants to keep you quiet at home. <laughs> and she's just, she's just giving That's you something. That's the cheap one. Like, she got it from Franklin's. Yeah, actually got <laughs> <laughs> Remember Franklin's, uh, but yeah, no. Yeah, uh, uh, thanks for coming in, Rad. It's, it's it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I was really excited to get you on board. There's a couple of things that I wanted to discuss, and I think one of them was uh, being a dad for the first time not long ago, yeah, and bringing uh, Tilly into the world. Yep, um, mate, tell me all about it. Will do, will do. So, um, uh, firstly, thanks, Todd, for having me on. Um, look, I have always, I guess. Uh, worked with children. So I used to work with children with special needs when I was younger. Um, my mum was a single mother as well. So um, I was heavily involved with bringing up my little brother. So it was one of those things that I naturally knew that I always wanted to be a dad. Um, but it never really prepares you for what you're actually going to go through um, with having a wife that's uh, pregnant um, and also 
just the responsibility of having to actually grow up um, and no longer having as much time for yourself when you're always thinking about someone else. So it's been quite the adventure. My daughter's 17 months at the moment, um, yeah. going on 18 months. And um, really, it's just a learning curve every day, um, just around what you can do to be a better father. And, and that's basically what I've dedicated um, everything that I'm doing right now in my yeah. life around. Um, awesome. So that's a really, really important thing for me as well. So Tilly's 18 months old, but obviously it starts nine months before that. It does. So, you know, 26 months ago, um, when you first found out. Yes. Take me back to that. Like, what was that like? Did Was Jess at home? Were you at home? Or like, yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. How did, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. It's a good question. So um, unlike the TV shows that you see like knocked up. Sometimes it doesn't happen straight away. So it does take a little bit of time. So, um, <laughs> Legs which, in the air well, when you it could be, it could, <laughs> it can be fun, but it can also be one of those things that, um, uh, takes time and, and can be quite stressful. So, uh, when we first found out really what happens is that you don't go and knock down everyone's door and say, Hey, we're having a baby just in case there's complications, yep. um, which is really, really common, but people don't really talk about. So, you know, once we knew that we were sort of in the safe zone there, um, we just well, when's that? That's parents. about six six weeks for I those playing it, at home. I think if you have any twelve weeks, twelve weeks. Yeah, that's your that's, first test where you kind of know. That's when. So you know before, but that's when you're sort of out of, I guess, the real danger zone as okay. well. So, um, and that's a, a brand new experience. Obviously, you have a lot of family and friends. We've been together for sixteen years now. So, you know, the the parents and the grandparents all sitting there watching their phones for the last ten years, wanting to know when we're going to have a child. So when it all happens, um, everyone's really. I guess, positive and excited about it. Um, so, yeah, then you just start the journey of going to baby bunting every <laughs> third day and um, being asked questions around what's on the internet and what, what blankets you're going to be buying and what nappies you're going to be using. So that's its own journey <laughs> itself as well. Baby bunting journeys. Uh, <laughs> if, if you got one tip for baby bunting to make it more dad-friendly, what would it be? Um, well, look, I, I, was, I was very, very happy when I realised they have toilets in there as well. So... What, what I would suggest is doing your research first um, and then just basically trying to run to those aisles to pick up whatever you can and getting out there as fast as possible. Just so in and out, no messing around. Well, do you think Baby Bunting might sponsor this show now that we've we've discussed them on, on air? Is well, that a possibility? I, I bloody hope so. Anyone that wants to <laughs> throw money at the podcast, I don't think drinking beers and, oh, <laughs> and talking about things is true, probably true. Their, their target audience. But the thing is, though, uncapped market, dads. like A lot of dads listen to the podcast. Yeah. Yep. Um, they, they write in all the time. I get letters uh, to the PO box. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, they tell me all the time. They're like, Todd, like... Tell us more about kids. So the thing is, my age group, or our age group, obviously, yeah. um, is I've got a lot of mates starting to have kids and I guess, you know, it's great that to sit down and get these little nuggets of insight and there's probably blokes listening in that's going to um, say, yeah, that happened to me or or whatever the case is. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, look, I think um, just to go back, I, I sort of touched base on it, but um, having a mum that was a single parent as well and having a little brother, I sort of definitely was born... I guess brought up with the maternal side as well, so looking yep. after looking after babies and stuff like that. So that sort of stuff's come pretty naturally. And um, I guess sort of my actual career, we my wife and I moved to London. I think it was in two thousand and eight, and we had this amazing adventure where we were travelling through South America. And we both worked with children before we got to Rio Carnival. Okay, and um, we met this amazing girl slash woman. Um, who lived in London. So we went and visited her and uh, ended up developing this relationship with her. She actually uh, was a nanny for 
a very, very, very wealthy family. Okay. Um, and because of our experience and sort of one thing led to another, we ended up working for this family. So what that meant was we'd live in Monaco for two to three months of the year. Yeah. We'd fly private jet. Um, and how, how old are the kids that you're looking after? Like? Yeah, so at that time, they were two and four off the top of my head. So yeah, it was wow. a little while ago. So quite the experience in, um, and, you know, just seeing uh, a different side to London and the world that growing up in Canberra, I'd never really seen anything like that yeah. before was, was an amazing experience. And, and being able to work as, and alongside kids as well was something that was uh, really eye-opening and amazing for us. Well, I don't think many people would have seen that kind of wealth. Like you're talking yeah. Monaco wealth, London wealth. Yeah. Like what? What? The, I know you probably you can't say who it is, but like, what did this family do? Like, how did how are they so rich? Yeah. So so look. Yeah, I definitely can't um say go into too much details yeah. around there, around them uh, and their privacy, uh for privacy issues. Sorry. Um, they look. They they had uh. They, I guess they were working in media, um. Okay. Every every kind of uh, different industry they they sort of worked in and were well known in as well, um, and it was just one of those things that uh we just had. You know, one thing led to another, and then we, yeah, like I said, we we're so proper around the private jets and doing all that. Yeah, so I was going to say proper one percent like wealth. Um, yes. What what to, like I you have told me stories before about the teak deck on on the boat. Yes. Um, <laughs> any like what was something that was just like you're like, come on, this is too yeah. much. Like, well, was it outlandish? Like, look, it, look. I guess probably some of the things that we sort of were were a bit amazed with was just generally. Um, you know, we, we stayed at a beautiful hotel in Monaco, which was um, definitely on the higher end of uh, hotel rooms in the world um, and would be there for about two months. So you could just imagine what that bill two was months, looking like. Two yeah, months, just two months. Yeah, so, and things things like going out and uh, purchasing ice cream with a 500 euro note was um, was quite an adventure as well. So those sorts of things. Give the change or? Uh, of course, <laughs> bro. I definitely gave back the 497 <laughs> euros that I that, that were the change there a as well. Five hundred euro note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what like eight hundred bucks. Yeah, eight hundred so. something yep. like that. Yeah. So that Are was we? interesting, and I think those sorts of things really uh, also made me realise what kind of a parent I want to be as well. Okay. Um, and well, what 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 did that make you realise? What was that? Oh, uh, look, I, I just think that um, you know, being a good role model, um, you know, making sure that spending quality time with my children, um, yep. having a really good connection there as well um, is definitely something that... Um, so so obviously you were know, looking after them, you were the nanny. So yep. like the... Uh, I, I prefer Manny. Manny? Manny, yeah. You were the Manny. Yeah, you, you're not Maltese, mate. That's a Maltese <laughs> uh, name, Manny. Is it? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Manny. Um, uh, but so obviously you took away from that that you want to spend more quality time with your kids because they were away how often, like... Like how many hours of the day would they actually spend with their kids or oh, look, parenting? Look, no, no, look. There was um, as parents, they did spend a lot of time with their children. Yeah. Um, but just more about you know enjoying the company and and sort of playing a role more model. So, I guess it probably wasn't so much the distance of of the family that we we're working with with their children because that was never an issue. But probably more around what I wanted to do as well in terms of just realizing hey. Um, you know, whether you are a nanny in Australia or in Monaco or you're working yeah. in childcare, whatever it is, there's obviously a connection and you realise that, hey, um, you are teaching little people uh, new skills, whether it's social, whether it's yeah. um, sporting skills, whatever it is. But you do play a really integral part in that in that role. So um, it is definitely something that I was like, wow, well, 
you know, you, you are the main role model in someone's life. So yeah. it's just about what you are can you do to work. Are you still in touch with those kids? Uh, so, so we still talk to the mum. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so she's absolutely lovely and does an amazing job and uh, she's really, really creative herself. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where we can sort of keep in contact through different uh, social media platforms as yeah. well, which is really nice. And okay. good to see the kids grow up as well because uh, obviously um, spending, you know, I think it was two to three years uh, hands on deck uh, working yeah. as nanny and manny, um, you definitely <laughs> become attached to the family. So tell me, so getting back to, we've gone to baby bunting, you found out that Jess is pregnant, right? We're at like the halfway <laughs> yes. point of the pregnancy or whatever. What was life like then? What was what was pregnant life like? Yes, good question. So the first trimester tends to be a lot of uh, vomiting on uh, the on my wife's behalf. So she was quite sick for the first trimester. So when you get past that, it ends up being a little bit easier. Yeah. But it is just a hard slog for your wife or whoever is pregnant. Yeah. Uh, just for the reason that things are moving a little slower. There's hormones bouncing around like a. Uh, like a ping pong machine or ping pong game yeah, or whatever just it is. We'll watch your step wherever it you is. Yeah. So, so that was that's something that definitely uh, was a great experience. Um, and you know, just being really excited because you can start to see your wife's stomach. Um, and you know, I think around that time you're starting to feel the baby kick. So, they're pretty amazing things when you really break them down. And and you know, you can be around people that are pregnant, but until it's your baby inside yeah. uh, uh, your wife's stomach. Uh, it's a totally different experience. Yeah, it'd be next level, like uh, absolutely next level. And then, so we got we get closer to like let's let's fast forward like thirty eight. Sure. How many weeks did you? What? How many weeks did Jess was Jess pregnant for? Um, so that would be nine times four, which would be. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. Nine fours. Let's go. (laughs) What's ten fours? Forty. So it's 36, right? Yeah. That's Come a, on, oh, I was going to say that, but I was under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so fast, fast forward when we get close to, um, uh, when we get close to the actual the 40 birth. Weeks. Yeah. And um, I, look, I do remember this and, and not calling out anyone, but I do, and this isn't you, Todd, either. It's funny oh, because <laughs> you have people that, are, that have been dads before and basically they walk in like, or they tell you this story and it's usually around the water called like, oh my... Good luck, mate. Or, oh, mate, you, gee, all the best for that. Oh, and then they're shaking their head like the worst things ever happened. <laughs> so, to be honest with you, I probably um, was probably in the frame of, frame of mind of like, oh, yeah, you'll come just here, whatever. Yeah. Um, and my wife was basically decided that we were going to go to some um, a calming birth classes. Okay. So, I was like, I don't know about this. Okay. Like, Tell me more. What's, what's this all about? So um, anyway, we go along to this session and um, uh, we're all sitting on the floor, of course. Um, and in my brain, I'm thinking about the guy that's talking to me at the water cooler saying, oh, mate, this is going to be this is gonna be horrific, you know, all these sorts of things. <laughs> and um, I sit down on the floor and they've got lollies and there's incense burning. And... Um, Basically, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you go to incense burning lollies, it sounds like it's right up your alley. I know you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you like that. Well, I was going to go into the downward dog position, but I decided <laughs> it's probably best to just keep my ears open, um, opposed to pulling out the yoga mat. So, as we're there and um, about to go, um, I start to be like, Oh, how long is this going to take? Talking out aloud to Jess. Um, and uh, Jess pulls me up. And if you know my wife, she's not normally someone that will be 
super direct um, and she was very direct with me and she basically said, Ra, pull your head in. Um, you can either be a part of this and be someone that's going to contribute or you can sit over there and make the whole experience really negative. And um, to be honest with you, it was a big kick in the ass um, yeah. and made me realise that um, I actually have to play a really big part in this. Yep. And um, if anything, I'm the Scotty Pippen to her Michael Jordan. Good analogy. I'm the John Stockton to her uh, Carl Malone, Carl Malone, so on and so wow. on. So it's one of those things where I realise, wow, I can actually play a really big part in this um, and uh, support my wife to do one of the most difficult things on earth, which is give birth. So that was a really big eye-opener for me um, as, as a dad to mm-hmm. me and also just as a, as a supportive partner, which I think is really, really important. Because if you think about it, um, guys have got it pretty easy and the woman that you love is giving birth to your baby. All you can, the most you can do there is just really support them and, and do just what you can there. Get around it. Oh, mate. Totally. What a, what a story. So you're in, this, uh, you're in this class. Like what were you doing? Taking the piss or like – Nah, look, I... Why did you get the kick? You, you, you glossed over that. What were you doing to get the kick in the nah, butt? Nah, look, it was probably more... It was probably more um, my attitude when we were sitting down there and the incense was burning and wafting into my face. It probably, <laughs> was probably where I was a bit like, OMG, like, what is going on? What um, is this? And then I might have said a comment, but... Look, it was it was definitely okay. definitely it was the non-verbals, the, but it was the non-verbals, and then it was the direct raw stop being a wanker. Yeah, okay. In, so, all right, and then so let's let's get to the juicy bit. So the, the how, <laughs> when did the when did the water break, mate? Like, where were you? I, I I've never actually I don't actually know yeah, this story. Yeah, where were you yeah. when when you knew that it was time? So we were downstairs, um, and uh, Jess is like, I think I'm going in uh, into birth. And, of course, it was just before I was meant to go to work. So I'm like, oh, like, really? Is this, like, you know, because you do have false starts. I'm like, where where were you ready? working at the time? Um, I was working at a, uh, a business that's uh, in relation to uh, real estate. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you had that job. So you're in the office, you're in the office culture still, so. Yeah, still in the office culture, still in the office so culture. So having to report to, to a boss and yeah, everything. Yeah, so yeah, 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 which they were all, they were all really good about and they knew that, that – um, it was shit was going to go down pretty soon, so yeah. we'd already had that conversation. So. Were you dropping that at work just to get a little cheeky day off, like oh, oh, I reckon any day now, and then just milk a Monday or something? Oh, look, no, probably just more for likes. <laughs> probably want to get just, out of there. Just posting <laughs> some pictures for some likes on the on the local We've work work network, just just for some cheeky love hearts, you know, here and there. <laughs> We've all chased love. <laughs> We've all chased love hearts. <laughs> um, yeah, so so uh, went into. Um, uh, went into labour at home and then there's a whole bunch of things that you need to do um, to make sure that you're not going to hospital too early and stuff. So we just okay. follow that sort of that sort of process. The and contractions then, and the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and one of those things was obviously we're upstairs and at this point and they're just happening every few seconds or every, every couple of minutes okay. and you're trying to... But it was going on. So like I was like, hey, Jess, like, do you mind if I... Um, if I put the basketball, uh, the YouTube on, like just just because you know, we don't know if it's actually going. She's going to be birthed, and she's like, "Yeah, that's okay. Like, you know, I'm fine." Okay, you're so kind of sitting around on it. Yeah. yeah. So, so I turned on, and then um, <laughs> ESPN was on. So basically, um, uh, there's a gentleman who works on ESPN. I can't remember him. I think it might be Stephen. Stephen. Naismith. Yes. No, that's he's the guy who invented know. basketball. No, actually. no, no. Naismith's a commentator on ESPN. Okay, well, let's just pretend it's him. People in the comments are driving, go, no, it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he invented basketball. Naismith did invent basketball, though. That is true. That's oh, okay. a, that is a true fact. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, anyway, basically, uh, this gentleman was yelling very, very loud on the screen. So the college basketball guy? Was it the, is it the college one? It's a capital D, baby. No, it's, it's our main guy. It's the guy who uh, he's on. What does he look like? Uh, he's a brother. And he's on <laughs> with, he's on with, it's not, uh, in, it's not. Um, pardon the interruption. No, it's no. not pardon the interruption. What is it? Is it AJ? Uh, Steve, I'm sure it's Stephen something. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. No, he's the, is he the guy that also goes for uh, Philly? I think so. Yeah. Anyways, this, anyway. is, this, is, Sorry, yeah. this, is, this is a shit podcast to talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, he was yelling. What was he? What? Oh, uh, yeah, just yelling in the background. So basically whenever uh, Jess hears that gentleman yelling on the screen, it gives her uh, slight goosebumps. Post-traumatic Just stress. remembers when her husband was watching ESPN while she was going through the beginnings of labour. Is so, that, is that yeah. a sign that Tilly... Uh, He's going to be on ESPN one day? Well, look, there's no pressure, but I'm just working on a left and right hand dribbling Already. skills. And um, yeah, so she's, she's, she's getting prepped for uh, whatever she decides. So, to do. all right, so then, and then you're right, you go to the hospital. And how long was the, the ordeal like? Yeah, the ordeal, Todd, you know, it was an experience. It was a gift <laughs> of a lifetime. Um, no, so to be honest with you, uh, mm. we, there was a few complications, and, and the whole process oh, okay. ended up sort of developing. And going on for about 50 hours. So my wife, who had gone to these calming birth classes, basically was in our living room for about 36 to 40 hours without any drugs or anything to sort of numb the pain. And all she did was her breathing techniques and all this stuff that I thought was... um, Rubbish. Rubbish. Um, But to be really honest with you, uh, I've never been more proud of of my wife, but to see someone go through that for 36 hours um, and just dominate and be incredible. But we got to the stage where we called the hospital. They're like, wow, that's way too long. Uh, People don't normally last that long. So we went in there and then sort of uh, had to take some uh, emergency actions for things to to work out, which we were really happy with because we had a plan and we went through the plan and we got to the stage where there was no return and we had to take... Uh, one of the options. So yeah. um, I'm sure Jess won't mind, but uh, we had a, a, a C-section, which is a yeah. cesarean as well. So um, Through the sunroof. Through the sunroof. <laughs> and I had a big baby because my, my genes, I'm, I'm Maldi by, by heritage. So we had a 10-pound baby. So <laughs> if you know what that means, that is a big girl. So it's like a four and, four and a half, five, no, five and a half kilo? I think so. Four I'm and look, half. I don't even know what four times, well, three, three what did I say? Nine times three. No, nine times four. I don't even know what nine times four is, bro. So I'm, I'm going ski on that one. So that was but really and, good. And and um, Jess, like, Jess is like, like, Jess is petite. Like she, and then so a 10 pound baby, that, that'd be tough. It was. She did a very good job. She, I, on, honestly though, like knowing Jess and, and so forth, I, I, I think like, it doesn't surprise me that she was able to cope that long. Like she's, she's very tough and very fit. Like, and very, uh, you've been tangled there. I am, I yeah. mean, sorry. <laughs> she's very tough, very fit, like, you know. Um, she's yeah. an unbelievable woman, so I should have the mindset and capacity. Like, she's put up with you for how long, so. Wow, let's avoid all of that. <laughs> um, but yes, you, you are right in all aspects. She's put up with me for a long time, but um, definitely a lot of mental strength there. So yeah. um, I, I have to say that it's probably one of the most proudest moments we've ever had um, just getting to having to decide on a C-section because she was just incredible through the whole process. Yeah, that's unbelievable. One of the um, one of the coolest things uh, I've been watching, obviously, uh, you develop and change over this period of time, obviously, becoming a dad, <laughs> was um, 
I think like there's like I've definitely met because I've only known you now for like two or three years, and there's definitely another side of like another side of you that's come out a more nurturing, caring side. You've always been that nurturing, caring, but it's really come to the fore. Like I think that's your main, your kind of main personality. It's been great to to sit back and, and watch it. Thanks, mate. And um, <clears throat> one of the things that I was I loved is your your Instagram page, yes. uh, the, the toddler and his baby. <laughs> So if you have a look on Insta, it's at Toddler and His Baby. I'll put it at the bottom of the screen there for the guys on YouTube. But on Spotify, you can um, jump on and have a look. Um, tell me, uh, what what made you uh, make the Instagram, Toddler and His Baby? Yeah, look, good question. Um, I think the whole – what I'm hoping is that we look back on this time that is crazy with social media in 10 to 15, 20 years. And we can look back on our memories as a bit of a um, history book and with things we've done and good and bad things. But this was really built for uh, my daughter Tilly to have an understanding of who I am as a person as well, um, who she is as she grows up, yeah. um, things that we share together as well. And, and, you know, I think it's one of those things where uh, there's lots of elements around social media that I don't like um, and there's lots that I do like. Um, so it's just trying to use it in a really positive way to show people um, – the whole experience of uh, your wife going through being um, pregnant and also the experience of being able to share things that you both love. So i.e. Tilly has taken on uh, aspects of loving music that I love. Yeah. Um, we like to dance together. Um, you know, she, she's she's very personable. She's, she's just great. So all those sorts of things, it's great to be able to document it in, um, in a space where we can share it with friends as well. Yeah. I did have that. Uh, I was going to uh, ask that next about the music because that's one cool thing. I'm a big, big fan of music, and <laughs> music taste is quite eclectic, and and so is yours. Yeah. And over the journey, you've shared with me some brilliant, uh, brilliant. Well, we tracks. like the same kind of music, right? It's I think we definitely similar, yeah. with with, with generally, we like it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I loved what you've done with Tilly about music. Like from, I remember from like when uh, Jess was pregnant, you were playing yeah. music. Yeah. And yeah, tell tell us a little bit more about that. Like, where where did that come from, and and like, what, yeah, where is it at? Yeah, great, Todd. Thanks for touching base on that as well, because I mean, that's obviously quite a big part of my life. And um, you know, I never played any instruments or anything, but um, from an early age, my mum was a musician. So I grew up in Canberra. Um, it was pretty straighty one eighty. Uh, my mum was God's country, Canberra, by the way, God's country. Um, my mum was a musician, so she was a singer. Um, in reggae bands and uh, I think punk bands, world, oh, world wow. music, all kinds of stuff. And in those days, um, it was very rare to have uh, a woman that looked as wild as she was in pubs and bars in Cam uh, Canberra um, singing. So I was surrounded and, and uh, by music. So Bob Marley, anything Motown, um, I was just immersed in from a really young age and my mum's record collection is next level. So... With these bands, basically, in Canberra, my mum's house was basically like this creative space where we'd have artists from the art school come down. We'd have musicians coming from all over Australia um, and they'd spend time at my house. So um, whether they were playing music in the kitchen or um, uh, Once for Warriors style, maybe, perhaps, I don't know. No, I was <laughs> nah, never like on, that. But, <laughs> but in terms of music being played, there's a, there's a great scene in Once for Warriors, which is very, very much uh, with, what I, with what I grew up with. Um, and also, um, you know, whether it was people painting or, or everything to do with art was in this small house um, in Ainsley. Um, so that was a really big influence on my life and waking up with Triple J blaring in the mornings or rage uh, in early in the mornings yeah. on Saturday and Sunday 
um, I was always really immersed with music. Yeah. Um, and my mum always used to say to me, you've got great music taste. What music are you listening to? So that gave me a lot of confidence in terms of what I was listening to and, and being like, oh, sharing that with my mum as well. So yeah. that was something that uh, she definitely uh, gave me in terms of just being really passionate about listening to music. So I wanted to hand that on to my daughter. And So, so what have you done? Like, how, how are you doing that? Like, Yeah, good question. So look, from like you mentioned before, so from Day Dot, we would have uh, music playing on uh, puku, which is um, Jess's puku, her stomach. Yeah. Um, that's Māori for stomach. Um, and as soon as she was born, whether it was drumming on a desk or whether it was uh, singing to her, all of those sorts of things, playing a lot of music as well uh, around the house, all those sorts of things just to really, uh, I guess, I, I don't really want to use the word influence, but it is. Um, oh, no, it definitely is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just also being able to connect with with different types of music as well. So I think, uh, and and we, we have the Wiggles playing in our house, um, but it's also about... How, how's, that, how's that for your taste? Oh, I'm a bit worried about stuffing up my Spotify countdown because I think the Wiggles <laughs> might be getting a bit too much of a, uh, of a decent play on there. Um, but That's when you've got to get the family account. Yes. Make a dud email 100%. and then... Uh, then uh, and then it would be interesting because if she gets if Tilly gets the the warped twenty twenty she can see what she was listening to <laughs> back then ten years down the track Very if Spotify is still around she can still get her stats from back then so slowly maybe that's one to look into exactly slowly infiltrating on my um top one hundred tracks of twenty twenty so um but w- uh, what modern day tracks is Tilly taken to because you 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 are sending videos out you you playing songs and she's dancing and you can see she finds a rhythm fantastically like <laughs> she knows exactly where it is oh look I, I mean that there's so there's so much different uh, music that that we listen to so it can be anything from like African uh, African jazz to you know yeah. stuff like Tom uh, Messick which is a jazz artist as well we listen to a lot of jazzy sort of hip-hop stuff as yeah, well cool. lots of uh, Anderson pack is massive in our house so we're listening to lot, lots yeah. of Anderson pack um, uh, so basically there's a real eclectic sort of different environment yeah. there, but it is really important for her to make sure that it's not just her listening to my music that we do listen to the Wiggles, the Wiggles yeah. or, um, or any of those sorts of things. Cause you know, that's something that she's going to be able to relate to with her peers as well. And, and right. she loves it. Uh, so that, that makes, it can't be just what I want. <laughs> yeah. You can't have her going to kindergarten and the Wiggles are on <laughs> and she's going, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and then they can't work out what it is. And then you roll with some Anderson pack and then, She's, she's, all ab- she's all about it. She's all about it. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, now she's 18 months. Is there, What are some of the changes you're starting to notice? Like there must be changes every day. Like, totally. Yep. Yeah. So it's probably the, the talking side of things, which is massive. So yeah. being able to ask for things. And for a long time, she's been able to communicate whether it is through pointing or, uh, you know, grunts or whatever it is. Yeah. But now she's actually been able to piece together words and so on as well. So, yeah. you know, uh, that's, that's a really... That's a really special moment because now it's like every day she's picking up another word and it just starts to steamroll and steamroll, which what is really, really exciting. What was the first word? Um, to be honest with you, I reckon it was Dada, but we one that we know <laughs> definitely was uh, was basketball, but she would no. say Barbaball. Like no that, way. Literally. So I'm like, that's like three words in one, really. So yeah. yeah, so she was up there, man. So Basket, so basketball's good. So that's ESPN, unbelievable. bro, I'm telling you, it's all about <laughs> it. It's all about <laughs> it. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, so it's pretty well, cool. See, and that's another thing that I noticed you've done Stephen as well. Stephen Aiken. Ste- Stephen Aiken. Stephen Aiken, yes. That, oh. he, was, he was the commentator. 
um, that was playing in the background while my wife was giving um, giving, birth. giving birth. So just to clarify. Shout out Stephen Aiken. Oh, he's the man. We'll send him a DM and then we'll see if he listens to it. And if he yeah. does, surely. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, need, you owe my wife an apology as well. Yeah, so. Steve, keep your voice down. Stop <laughs> yelling, Steve, mate. Keep it down, mate. <laughs> um, he's definitely not going to listen, but it'd be good if he did. <laughs> How are you going for that beer there? You, you want another one? You want to oh, get into still, these bigger juice? Oh, I'm just... I'm, I'm going pretty there? well on this. Uh, right. How do you pronounce that? Kaju, kaju beer? Kaju crush? Is it kaju or is it? Kaju. Oh, let's get kaju. Know. Let's get kaju. My mate, one of my mates, Grant, who recently become a dad, he loves the kaju crush, but he loves the, the blue one. Oh, yes. The, it's got pineapple elements. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Does it? I, yeah. I, look, I don't go much past VB. Yeah. I will be honest. I really enjoyed that one though. So is that, with the whole VB thing, is that like a... Is that like a counterculture? Like <laughs> I'm against I'm against any hipster sort of beers, or is it generally that you like the taste? Or can I just throw it? There, is it nostalgic for you? Where does that sort of lie? I, I I'm not gonna lie. I've got a flag in all camps on that one. <laughs> um, one, I some of the hipsters, some of the hipster beers are too big. I don't like the the bigness in flavor. Yep. I'll be honest. Like some of the IPAs and stuff for me, they're just not palatable. Like that lager, that lager beer that we had, a lager is a really easy beer to drink. And that blue lager that we had, we're drinking those cups. That was going down like razor blades. I just did not enjoy that at all. But this, this Kaiju one, the green one, I actually enjoyed that. But then going back to your question, is it a, is it like a, a digger hipster culture? Yeah, probably. But do you know what's funny? Now VB's becoming popular like with oh, the hipsters. And Mel- Melbourne Bitter's been a hipster for, for a, a long, long time. time. Yeah. You're going to see a couple of dudes sitting in uh, Fitzroy, Melbourne, around some milk crates, burning a fire in the middle of the car park. Look, and they're going to be smashing Mel- Melbourne long necks yeah, and in a brown paper bag. Much love to them, you know? Um, Word. And I don't know why, I don't know why microbreweries don't make more bitters mm. because it's a bitter. Like they, they're starting great. to come around, but they don't. And, and it's a great flavor. So I like the flavor of VB and it is nostalgic. I think it's our birthright um, as an Aussie to drink VB. Um, and you know, hard earned earth needs a big cold beer. The best Ooh. cold beer is Vic. Ooh. You know? so that rolled off the tongue. I did. Oh, I've heard it a few times. Wow in my life. Wow but wow. you know, one of my simple pleasures in life, 40 degree day. Yep. Right. And now I probably shouldn't admit this, but 40 degree day, stop into the old bottle though. And generally, they got them on ice at the front of the counter. Wow. And you just go in and you just go, two stubs, mate. Thanks. In the glass, right? <laughs> off the off ice, just two stubs. They're about three, four bucks each, right? Bang. Two road warriors, I like to call it. Oh, road warriors. <laughs> go down the road, little ks on the Monash. Like, oh, hey, wow. Hey. How you going? Just the thing. Don't drink and drive, everybody. But Can um, I just jump in there? Yeah. Tilly, if you're watching this 20 years from now... You better not do that. Otherwise, you are going to be in big trouble. So don't you listen to Uncle Todd about that. I was telling you, it's heaven. It's heaven. If anyone's done it, they know what I'm talking about. And I I will be honest, I only do this when I'm a passenger. Um, So I tell the driver to pull it. Because I have a driver. driver. Look, I'd probably suggest, Todd, that you would do that with the Uber driver regularly. With the Uber driver. Yes. The thing is, is that, look, let's face it, right? This podcast is probably not going to be listened to by anyone, so I don't need a virtue signal to anyone, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so VB, so yeah, it is uh, flagging all camps. Yeah, uh, the taste, the nostalgic value, and obviously a little bit of dig at the hipsters because th- this kind of stuff is I don't know, but I got this for you because I just you know it'll be accommodating <laughs> for the guests. Oh, fantastic! 
So just remember, mate, um, my regular go-to these days is, is Audi Blondes. Audi, Audi Blondes, low-carb, $10 a six-pack, $33 for 24. That is $19.95 prices, my friend. I can see you starting to revise the budget for formula, milk formula. Must be, <laughs> must exactly be bloody right. expensive. Well, I could get a pack of nappies and uh, and a carton of beers for less than 40 <laughs> bucks, mate. I'm telling you, it's $19.95 prices. Well, we... <laughs> 40 bucks is... Uh, one round at the bar, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe I should have a kid. Maybe all my priorities for spending will be a bit better. I think you'd make a good dad, Todd. Very oh, good dad. thank you. Thank you. Um, one, uh, moving along, one thing that I wanted to talk about with you as well was uh, some cool things that you're doing with business. Um, I, remember, I remember you kind of got to this crossroad in terms of your career and you're like, I'm going to have a kid. There's a few things. I'll let you talk about it. But you got to this crossroad. Yep. And um, you decided to then uh, go back back into business uh, for yourself. Yep. Um, tell me what that crossroad was like. What were you feeling at that time? Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for the question. I, I'm going to open this, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, work away. Yeah. Are you close? Or you? Um, I am very close. I'm very close. Mate, so, don't let me stop you. you no, 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 that's that's fine. So um, I guess sort of to link this, so I guess there's a bit of a, a time um, timeline there. So... Uh, I was a nanny in London um, and a manny in London for, for a number of years. And then from there, we moved back to Australia. Um, and I was looking at what was going to be my next sort of career move. Uh, I was pretty naughty at school. Um, I knew that I liked communication and, and sort of trying to help people uh, with different elements of their life. Um, and uh, I'd always probably the only thing that I was half decent at, at school uh, was sports. So I yep. sort of combined those and decided to become a personal trainer, okay. um, which I did for a number of years in Melbourne. And I was lucky enough to coach at some of Melbourne's best CrossFit gyms um, and personal training studios. So that was great. Uh, but there are elements of that industry that are quite difficult. And that would be, i.e. working for yourself, running a business, uh, all of those sorts of things that can be a real challenge when, you know, also guess the hours aren't very sociable as well. So it's not like a nine to five where you can catch up with friends after work. It's yep. when everyone is catching up with, with friends, you're in the gym. Yep. So I got to a stage where I'm like, hey, I want to, in Bugs Bunny ears, I want to <laughs> be a uh, an adult job. So then moved into a new career where I was working in account management and, and looking at sales as, as, a, as a real focus for me. So I did that for about four to five years and, and that was really interesting because uh, that whole world is really based around psychology, as you'd know. Yep. And um, I learned a lot about just communication. Uh, and yep. although I've had confidence in a lot of areas, it was it was a, a real eye-opener and, yep. and also really enjoyed the environment of, of meeting other people that were really, really similar to me as well, i.e. Yep. you. Yep. Um, so that was great. And then basically I was made redundant about a year and a half ago and uh, when that happened, I actually stood on the scales and um, I was about 105 kilos. Um, for me, that was, I, that was, that was heavier than, than I'd been before. Yeah. Um, with the whole sales thing, it was whether I was kicking goals, I was feeling the stress from that, which was a knock on at home. Um, and then even when I, wasn't ki- when I wasn't kicking goals, it was stressful at home. So basically... I guess I was probably living not my best life um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I, whether it was eating poorly or, you know, having six beers on a Wednesday, it had a knock-on effect to who I was as a person. And I decided, you know what, it's not making me happy. So yeah. I'm going to take the leap and move back into fitness where um, my mind was a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the contact with people and helping people. And I was a better person. Yeah. And that was really important for me with my daughter because if anything – 
look, if I can be a good role model and, and she's proud of what I do and I think by helping people reach their goals through fitness and health and and well-being and all those sorts of things, then I think she, no matter what, she's going to be proud of me. So that was a really big driving force as well that to try and be a role, role model for my daughter. Yeah, definitely. Look, it, it, it is a tough one. Like a lot of people gravitate towards sales because they're people, people like they yep. enjoy the company of people. And obviously selling is communication and education. You're, you're educating your clients in order to make a decision to what you want to do. And like you said, it's all psych, uh, psychological, but I, I've definitely seen with a lot of people that have got into sales that it, it, it's a big burnout. Mm. And um, what a lot of people don't understand and a lot of my trading mates, and I'm sure you've had the same, they'll be like, mate, you guys don't do anything. You sit in an air conditioned office, you know, you're on the phone, blah, blah, blah. But that uh, mental drain and actually sitting still all day yep. is it takes its toll. It's it's hard. Like you get home at the end of the day and you're absolutely mentally drained. You don't want to talk to your partner. You don't want to give anything because yep. you, you've had to be you all day. It yep. sounds silly, but you've had to be the highest version of you all day and give the most. Totally agree. And then you get home and your partner's like, oh, how was your day? And you're like, and you, it's like you're 16 again. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, then and then they're like, oh, okay, what's up your ass? And you're like, yeah, nah, nothing, I'm fine. Yeah. What's for dinner? Like, sit down, let's have dinner. And you just give nothing because you've had to give it all day in order to achieve sales or be there for your peers or supporting your peers. So it's it's generally a tough one. I, I feel your pain. I, I'm a bit disenfranchised with, with selling at the moment as well, to be honest, to be completely honest. Yeah, but yeah. Well, that's a big thing for you, Todd, because, I mean, that's been a big part of your – Yeah your background as well yeah well same as you like um i wasn't that great at school um brought uh, intelligent i thought but i just mucked around messed around yeah you know, played a lot of sport with the boys i just love that co boys street, lads culture and probably had this the street smart element to um to growing up in the west <laughs> oh come on you did. Yeah, oh, look, man. shout out to the west everyone in the west <laughs> oh, it's not that it's, it's that bro it's the west side <laughs> sign he's gave you a <laughs> thumbs up not that around the west side uh no uh yeah but Look, oh, like I guess it's just yeah, it's just good fun and and whatever. But yeah, I, I definitely feel that, and that's so many people in sales are the same. Yeah, well, I, I guess when you really think about it as well, is that um, the way that I, I guess there's a, a very competitive element to to sales. So so yeah. although although um, what I developed over the years, and I would say that I got to a stage where I was good at what I was doing, because um, you always basically have to focus on what you can do better each day. But there are elements of being in a room full of people that are, are selling whatever it is, and yeah. then you you know whether it's you're like oh I'm here or I'm there, and and you know even think about like top athletes right, top mm. athletes have an off season where they switch off, yeah, and they eat ice cream and they do whatever they want to do, yeah. um, and then that's it. But when you're in sales, it's end of month, end of month, end of month, twelve basically twelve months a year. So end of the day, new yeah, day, new week. Exactly there's always a, there's always a, a milestone, a, a finish yeah. line. Which is which? Um, which you know, when you think about it, uh, I guess whatever kind of form of sales that you're in, there's there's elements that are, like we're talking about being uh, you're basically a, a, a psychologist in some ways, and and then you're doing mental uh, athletics in a lot of ways. So it's one of those things where Definitely. you are really just always at it and thinking about it. And then next month, so you're setting up the next month. So even like I mentioned, even when I was having a great month, and top of the office i'd still be thinking about next month and yeah. you know those sorts of things I, I i personally found quite difficult and the instant gratification it wears off like after a while like you, and it's full of instant gratification that phone call that close whatever it is bang 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 you're on a yep. high you're on a high and then it has to come down at, at one point and i guess uh, so many salespeople burn out i've seen it time and time again but 
getting back getting back to your business so yeah. you, you you felt this burnout and then you've gone you know what i'm, I'm going back into personal training um yes. but you've got a cool like a cool element or a cool take on personal training i'll let you tell me about it what, yeah. what, what have you started mate yeah cool so um my business is set up at coburg lake reserve so it is i'm going to use the word boot camp but uh really it's outdoor training uh with a twist so well, let's let's call it outdoor training with a twist. Don't worry yeah. about the Ooh, maybe with a, a twist of lime, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, so the the whole focus around, I think, outdoor training has really really diminished in the last few years. So yes, people still run, uh, but everything these days is a really big focus about being indoors, staring at screens, being under fluorescent lights while you train. And really being disconnected from not just the outdoors, but also human contact and interaction with each other, which I think is a really, really big issue because as we all, and like I mentioned, I love social media, but there's elements that, that I find difficult, is that, you know, are we thinking or is this going to be in 10 years that having a conversation with somebody and looking them in the eyes is going to be something that is very, very rare? So... For me, what I wanted to do was bring back the outdoors, which means wind, sun, hail, uh, all of those sorts of elements yeah. mixed with people actually saying hello to each other and building a community around that as well. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, interacting with each other. So having building relationships around, I'm going to the park to train with Kono Fitness, which is the name of my business. Yeah. But I'm also going to catch up with Joe Blow, who's my friend, or this person who lives in the local community. Um, those sorts of things, which I think there are a lot of uh, gyms out there that try and build that community. And, and I'd say CrossFit is definitely one of those things that's really brought that back into the mainstream over the last few years. But it is also a, a, an area now where I think it's really, really important that uh, people still have face-to-face contact. And social media plays a really big part in our business as well, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Like that's how we attract people to our business. So I think it's really, really important. But to have... 45 minutes outdoor training where you're actually communicating with people, looking people in the eyes while you train yeah. um, is something that I think we're moving further and further away from. So I wanted to bring that back. Bring it back. No, that's definitely, look, it's definitely important. And, and that team element as well. Like yeah. I think team culture is brilliant. I know myself personally, I perform way better in a team yeah. uh, than I do individually. And if I've got people like around flip, me. Like flip cup, perhaps? Yeah, well, that was, Sorry, so, well it was individual. If we were working oh, yeah. together, maybe. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, yeah, if you're listening on uh, Spotify and iTunes, go to YouTube, watch the Flip Cup game. Um, but yeah, de- no, look, definitely the team uh, element to it, I think is great as well. Yep. And that personal experience, that wind, rain and so forth. Look, we're creatures that were meant to be outside. Totally, totally. So. And, I, and I think, you know, when you think about, I don't know, it, this, it, it's almost become a cliche of people talking about what they did as a kids, and I'm sure our parents used to do the same thing. Oh, well, didn't sit at home and play video games. But even our generation, so, you know, I'm, I was born in 84, but even my generation, we would still go outside and play basketball or yeah. run around and, and climb up trees. We were almost the last. Yeah. Like, we were the last, I Yeah, and then, you know, Sega Mega Drive came in. Hey, love that. Yeah. Um, you know, all of those sorts of areas, those those. Um, uh, video games came into play, which was fantastic. But I just feel like, you know what, like even seeing kids cl- climb up trees or hearing kids playing outdoors, I, I actually, if I'm at home and I hear kids playing outdoors, I actually notice it 
Yeah. And probably one of the first things that comes out, oh, man, I wish they'd keep it down. But the <laughs> truth of the matter <laughs> well, you're is... You're probably we worried, were, like, where's their parents? Yeah, but... When we're we back were, in the day. Totally. Like. But when we, we were kids, man, like, you were just allowed to go nuts and run around and, and yeah. do all those sorts of things. So, um... Well, the know, internet... Well, I got the internet at home at, like, 13, 14. The old dial-up? Yeah, the... 56K. And then I got cable... We were one of the first in the area to get cable. I remember that. That was like big. Um, anyways, but yeah, I, so we were that, we're that last kid because the internet kind of came in in True. our teens. Yep. And then, but I still remember wanting to go outside. There was nothing like batting, playing cricket with, yeah. the, with, the, with the fellas in, in the street, playing footy. And I grew up in a cool street where there was about 13 of us within five years of each other. So right. it was dope. Yep. It was dope. But yeah, you're right. 100%. But so tell me, Kono Fitness. Yes. What are some of the results you're seeing in people and what are they enjoying? Like, what are some of the feedback? Like, that yeah, you that's a really good question. So I guess sort of to touch base on that, um, the business is called Kono Fitness based around CO, Co, which stands for Coburg, and then No, which is North. So um, the, we sort of came about this name and I, I don't think we invented it. I think it was being used before uh, we decided to use it as a business name. But the whole idea is to take... That's not what you told me, mate. Uh, well, I'll have to look. <laughs> someone who actually made it might be watching or listening to this. So one of those things where, um, you know, we've all sort of moved further out. So we always live in Fitzroy and Collingwood and Northcote. And now we're all, you know, having kids and we have to keep moving further out and further out. So what I was hoping was that by lifting the name Kono Fitness, it might actually also help our real estate prices. So <laughs> so, 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 wonder, so hopefully it gets gentrified and then our house is worth more money. Oh, Coburg's, Coburg's on the way. It, it I think Coburg's is. there. Coburg North is still a little, it's oh, still a, a little bit birdie. You're three streets from Pentridge, right? You, you're in Coburg. Like, <laughs> come on, mate. True. You're true. in the old Kodak factory while in that yeah, area there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the factory is no longer, but we're oh, in yeah. We're I've in just shouted out to everyone where you live. But, um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no. Look, uh, I, I I get that. So, what are people saying? Like, what's the yeah. what's the feedback of the outdoor training? This yeah. this alternate method at the moment. Great question. So, um, look, we've we've been running for about five months now, and and we still have all our original members that we've got. So, look, we I I do not know how and why this has happened, but I'm very 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 lucky to have uh, fifteen to twenty people that are training with us now, and all really down to earth, great people. So, I don't know if it's attracting people that are okay with being outdoors and training. I don't know if it's the area, um, but we've been able to maintain and build in that community. And I think one of the really important things there as well is that, you know, we we build a community based on actual interaction with each other. So when somebody comes okay. and joins one of our sessions, it's an introduction to everyone. It's a, hey, you know, whether it's me picking up that they've got similarities, I might bring it up, whatever it is, because it's not just about me being there it's about those guys coming to train for each other okay. um which from my experience in the fitness industry um over the years and a massive massive push is basically 30 day 30 day challenge get shredded in this time yeah. 60 day challenge get shredded in the time it's exactly the same as we we're talking about when you're working in sales and you have that instant gratification it's exactly the same thing right so with, with the fitness industry how it is, people will go and they'll sign up to a 30-day challenge. They'll, they'll deprive themselves of absolutely everything, something that's not sustainable. They'll lose themselves five kilos, whatever it is. And then basically they realise that this isn't sustainable. So what our philosophy around food and training is about building good habits. Mm -hmm. So 
That's about putting your shoes close to the door and having your exercise clothes, um, close to the door so that you can get up and you know you're going to train. It's about when you open up the fridge, instead of having, I don't know, f- fried chicken from last night's KFC meal, you'll have uh, cut up celery or whatever there so that when you open the fridge, you snack on those sorts of things. So it's just about those small little changes yep. and about making every day just a little bit better. Just the 1% gains. 1% gains opposed. And I think, you know, I think the... the that's been a mentality that's been taken on by a lot of sports teams. But it's something that if you have an all or nothing mentality, basically what happens is that you go to deprivation and then you fall off the side of a cliff and then you don't return back to start that 30 days for another three or four months. Where if you're like, cool, well, you know what? I just had something that I wouldn't normally have. It's not the end of the world. And then you make a better nutrition decision or you Mm. decide to go for a walk before you go um, to a social event. All those little things stack up. Yeah. Uh, and that, in the long run, is more important than beating yourself up and feeling guilty about something and falling off the side. 100%. I can definitely – I'm an all-or-nothing kind of guy. And the times that I've done any sort of weight loss or fitness, I'll do it and then I'll just fall off the wagon. And it's because of one small mistake or whatever. Yep. But that makes a lot of sense. So are you telling me that because it is that team mentality – um, people that then your attendance is probably greater because people are showing up for each other or? Well, look, I think that's what we're trying to build. Uh, I think that it really depends on a number of different things as well. Like we, we are a part of someone's life and we, we try and make things accessible and as accessible and as easy as possible as we possibly can. But really the, the end decision for somebody to come down to train is that person's motivation. Now yeah. motivation can come from a whole bunch of different angles. Yeah. Motivation can be to come down and meet me. Motivation can be around, they eat better when they train. It can be hang out with our community. But what we can do as a business, which is Kono mm-hmm. Fitness, is that we can try and give that person as many positive uh, options and uh, leading habits to training with us as we possibly can. And that's a really yeah. big focus for us as well. When does it run? Is it every day or is it? Yeah, so we run uh, morning classes from Monday to Friday, so we have 6 a.m. and 6.45, so 45-minute classes. Okay. And then in the evenings, we have 6, oh, sorry, 5.45 p.m. Yeah. And 6.30 p.m., Monday to Thursday. Friday mornings, 6. <laughs> I'll post it, we'll post it in oh, the... Oh, uh, sorry, 6 a.m., 6.45, and then Saturday, we've got um, classes at 8.15 at Coburg Lake Reserve as well. Oh, so. beautiful. So yeah. tell me um, what, uh, if it rains or whatever, what do you do? Do you, do you yeah, find something got, else? we've got a bit of coverage there as well. But uh, okay. look, we, we want people to come down with the mentality of uh, it might rain. let's just train. Let's just get it done. So. Train in the rain. Just train go for it. Train in the rain. Todd, I like it. Ma- make Probably it Probably might scare a few people away, but the make truth it rain. of the matter train is we do, we do live in uh, Melbourne. So, And then look, the other side of that is I also have uh, an online nutrition business, okay. um, which again really feeds into the – the whole habit-based eating. So it's about making small incremental changes, um, not about being like, you have to eat this certain meal plan because those things are great for 30 days, but if you can't sustain it um, and you're going to feel uh, in brackets again like a failure um, and then you just start the the mer- merry-go-round, around and round, we yeah. want to try and teach people to get better every single day and learn skills that they can use all the time. So that's what the nutrition programs are based around as well. How can we find you? We want to if we want to jump. Yeah, on board. great question. So uh, we're at konofitness.com.au. Um, you can send us through a message also via Instagram at kono c o n o underscore fitness. Yeah. Um. So you can DM us that way or DM us through our Facebook. DM us. Is that a thing? Anyway, DM slide in the us, DMs. Slide in the DMs via Facebook as well, where you can find us in Kono. Send and send photos as well to Ra. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> 
send, send, me, send me photos of you um, eating some kale and uh, I don't know, maybe something something in that realm, perhaps. <laughs> with your clothes on. With your clothes about, on, wait, please. But if people are going to start a fitness regime, surely they're not eating kale straight away. Like, send a photo of you eating a cheeseburger. Oh, okay. And then that can be your before shot. Yeah. And then once you've, you, you've put them through their paces, that you can then get their... A shot of the kale. Oh, okay. Maybe burger with kale hanging out the sides, perhaps. <laughs> just, just that big wad of K A L E. Is that how you kale? Kale. Paste it together. Love it, Ra. I'll tell you what. It's absolutely been a treat uh, to have you on board today. Thank um, you so much. I've loved every minute of it. We're playing a game of flip cup, even though I lost. Yep. Competitive Ra is is my favourite Ra. He, he, oh, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. My favourite type of Ra. And having a few beers with you too, and just having a chat, like. The one of the one of the most uh, one of the things that I'm loving the most about the podcast is sitting down with, across from someone and just having a chat. Yeah, like like we haven't touched our phones, like we haven't done anything. Very like that. true. And like this doesn't happen often. Yeah. Like and even like between mates, even if you're at a pub somewhere, yeah, there's screens on, there's sport on, whatever the case is, and. You, you don't get to do that. And, and I will admit that I walk away from each of these podcasts feeling way more connected with the person and just great chats. And it's one of the things that I, I want to emulate and continue to to reproduce over and over again. So I've absolutely loved the chat, mate. Thank you so um, much. It's been great. Thanks for coming in. And uh, yeah, mate, I guess uh, end on a cheers. And Yeah, no worries. I, will, I might just jump in there one last oh, thing oh, there as well. Oh, oh, hang on. What, what have we got? Well, look, for um, Todd, uh, Todd, Toddcast listeners, listeners um, what we'll do is I'll, I'll share a link with you and they can use the, the code word Toddcast. But if you are okay. interested in some online nutrition coaching, right. I reckon I can throw out a 30% discount for those guys. 30% is, for Toddcast? Yeah. yeah that's so, too much, mate. Come so um, you can go Can we make it 15%, snip me 15%? Well, I, I'm, wondering why, <laughs> I'm wondering why you're stepping on my foot underneath the table. But uh, yeah, just, just like to do that as well. So that's just so uh, online coaching. Yeah. Um, we take you through everything you need to know about. All right. So if you're going to do that, let's do it properly. 30% off. Yes. Uh, nutrition coaching. Yep. What do you get in the nutrition plan? Yeah, great. So there's a... a Hopefully concept. they haven't switched off. I might edit the goodbyes and then we'll go back. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, so 30% off nutrition planning. What yep. do you get? So basically it is uh, a program that runs with a lesson every morning. So it could yep. be five, six minutes worth of listening to some information that's around getting your head set uh, for the day. Um, and then from there, you're given a task of being able to complete a, 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 a habit throughout the day. So like I talked about talking about good habits so you go through you complete that um and then we work alongside each other so it's not here is a meal plan just go and do it yeah. it's actually about building time for yourself how do you prepare food okay. how you do all those little bits and this and is all done online like is yeah, it through an online? app or direct messaging yeah, so, how does it work yeah great question so we have an app uh that basically uh uh, we'll get you set up with um, and then you'll have lessons sent through to you daily as well. So what I love about this is basically means that I can be uh, your nutrition coach and I can yep. sit in your top pocket and all those things as a coach that are really hard to do in person, um, i.e. checking in to see how you're going, um, being able to give yeah. you live information and feedback on things that you're mentioning, um, then I can also help with that as well. So oh, look, that's I, part of it. Look, Ra, one of the things about being overweight is that I've probably tried every diet under the sun. I've tried every nut nutrition plan. I've done everything right. Some of the things I hate about them mm. um, is like day one, have these kind of meals, have this, have that, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Day two, it's totally different to that. And it's not sustainable because you're buying like a whole day's worth of food on each day and yep. no days overlap. Yep. Like, tell me, is it affordable? Like, once you get onto the, like, what are you telling people to eat? Or is it, are they making their own choices? How, yeah, how, how does that, how's that based? So, so uh, I guess to delve into a little bit more, I'm, I'm a, a precision nutrition coach. So what that yeah. means is it's basically 
one of the most successful uh, nutrition programs that's out there and, and it is really against the grain of what everyone else is doing so like i mentioned it's habit based it's about getting yourself to be a little bit better every single day and make the right choices over a long period of time not over a 30-day period okay so yeah what that means is that um you're educated on what a portion size looks like okay. why protein is really important for you to use um how to get more greens into your food so it's more nutrition education yeah, yeah rather than just like it. meal yeah. so that instead yep, of you just really saying eat this yep. you're then teaching and then you're going all right go away and do this and then do you track your results on the app as well like yeah so so there so there's measurements that you can take through the app yep. which um you'll have your coach uh, support from your coach yeah um then also photos as well um so there's all that accountability and i think that's one of the key things about it as well is two th two reasons one people need accountability whether yeah. that's going to the gym and having your gym buddy or whether it's photos or just someone just to check in and go how are you going yeah because okay, okay. sometimes your, your brain's bouncing back and forth so 30 30 percent off and how do we get it kono fitness you yeah, got kono fitness so what i might do is i'll send you through a link todd okay put um, it in the comments. and then from there we'll give you also the discount code but only for your listeners <laughs> Joe Rogan's got no chance of getting this <laughs> discount. Uh, so put in the code TODDCAST, T-O-D-D-C-A-S-T. Uh, That's T-O-D-D-C-A-S-T, TODDCAST. And uh, Ra will hook you up with 30% discount and make you 30% skinnier. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that a guarantee? Look, let's just work on <laughs> getting you to eat the right the right nutritious meals first, hey? <laughs> awesome. Thanks, uh, mate. Mate, Ra, it's been a pleasure. Again, thanks on the TODDCAST. Knock it out with a cheers. cheers been great. Man. We'll enjoy this beer off air, but uh, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you uh, tune in, uh, I've got a data scientist coming up in my next episode, which is going to be great. Wow. We're going to be talking about the generations, how that works, Generation Alpha. Who is Generation Alpha? Uh, we'll be talking about baby boomers. Uh, we'll be talking about a lot. Um, if you haven't already, listen to episodes one and two of the podcast. They're absolutely fantastic. We speak to Hayden, who's also similar in, a, in a personal training. And we speak to Diana, who is a, um, a um, an academic coach. Um, so some great episodes. And yeah, thank you. Like, subscribe. If you're on iTunes, please give me a five-star rating. Only if you mean it. If you don't mean it, then don't rate it all. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but please subscribe. And uh, don't forget to share it with your friends. And uh, thanks again. Goodbye.